I want to begin as we kick off this new series. I want to begin it by asking you a question. What is the most popular phrase in the Bible? What is the most popular phrase in the Bible? There's a lot of popular phrases in the Bible. You know, love your neighbor or do not lie. Is a popular phrase or, or love your enemies. But, but actually the most popular phrase in the Bible is simply this, do not be afraid. It, it's mentioned, it, when you study the Bible, it's the phrase that's used the most in the entire Bible. Do not be afraid. The Bible has a lot to say about fear because we all deal with fear. And overcoming fear is just a topic that's just all throughout the Bible. All the way back to the book of Genesis in chapter 15 and verse number one, God tells Abraham, do not be afraid that you have not had the promised child yet. Do not be afraid. In Exodus chapter 14, verse number 13, Moses tells the children of Israel, do not be afraid of the Egyptian army. Over in Joshua chapter one and verse nine, God tells Joshua, do not be afraid to lead my people to the promised land. In Matthew chapter 1 and verse number 20, God tells, God tells Joseph, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. In Acts chapter 18 and verse number 9, God tells Paul, do not be afraid to preach the gospel. Just all throughout the Bible, you see this phrase, do not be afraid. Overcoming fear is a big thing in the Bible because fear is paralyzing. It's demoralizing. It's debilitating. If we don't learn how to overcome fear, fear will stop us from reaching our dreams. Fear will stop you and I from fulfilling our potential and reaching our potential. Fear will stop us from living the abundant and fulfilling life that God has for us. Listen, fear is so paralyzing. I know this in my own life. I, I have struggled with fear, just like almost all of you have. And throughout my life, there have been different times that fear had gripped my heart. I can remember at the age of 17, I, I preached my first message. I started preaching at 17 years old. I've been preaching now for, for 25 years. I know some of you, if you're new, you thought I was, you thought I was 30. Hey, Amen, I wish I was. <laughs> But I started preaching and been preaching for 25 years now. And when I first started, you know, kind of scared and got, got started preaching. And, and then I went off to college in Arkansas on a football scholarship in the state of Arkansas. And when I was there, I, mean, I got plugged into church. And come on, in college, you don't have to drift away from your faith. How many college students we have in the house? Come on, anybody serving God in college? Make some noise, college students. Yeah, 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 yeah. Love our college students, man. I, I was plugged into a Bible-believing church, and they actually ordained me at the age of 18 because I was involved. I was preaching. I got to preach in front of the adults, man. That was a big deal at 18. And so I started traveling a little bit. God started opening doors up for me to speak out some, and I was traveling and speaking in youth groups and churches and holding little, holding little revivals at churches. And so that was exciting. And my sophomore year, it picked up a little bit more in college. I started traveling a little bit more and preaching a little bit more. By my junior 
junior year, man, I was traveling the country and go, I remember going out to California on spring break and preaching at a large church and just traveling the nation. And in between my junior and senior year, I made the decision that my full-time job during the summer was going to be traveling and preaching. And I, I got an apartment. I was sharing with my good friend, Dale Wells, and Dale and I were sharing an apartment and he decided he was going to work at Country Kitchen and work. And he thought, you're going to do what? I said, I'm going to travel. You're going to travel. I'm going to travel and preach. And God opened the doors and I traveled. I went to Boston and the Massachusetts, over in Boston, Massachusetts and the West Coast. And God just opened up doors. Ohio. I was just traveling and preaching. It was awesome. And then my senior year, I was still playing football. And, and then I was, I was getting my education, finishing my degree. And I was also traveling and preaching. And when I graduated from college, I, I proposed to Tiffany. And we were going to get married in December. And I had a decision to make. I felt like God wanted me to continue to travel and preach. But how many know it's different splitting the bills with Dale Wells <laughs> and splitting the electricity bill? Now it was going to all be mine, and I got to take care of Tiffany. She was still in college. I was thinking, man, I don't know that I can make this work. And I was driving back. I was driving to visit Tiffany, and we, we, were, going, we were going through Iowa. And, and in Iowa, there was a church in Des Moines. They were looking for a youth pastor. And I thought, I know what I'll do. God wants me to be in ministry. I don't know about this traveling thing. I'll take a youth pastor job. And so I was going to take a youth pastor job because you know what? It had benefits. I knew how much I would make every month. Because when you travel full time, you don't know what you're going to get. You go from church to church, event to event. You don't have any idea what you're going to be paid. You're literally a walk by faith. And so at least I would have some, some, some stability at this church. And so fear was gripping my heart. What if I fail? What if I can't pay the bills? What, what if we can't eat? But I knew what God was calling me to do. And I'm so grateful that I did not cave into fear, that I stepped out and I began to travel full time. And God provided. And thank God I didn't become a youth pastor in Iowa. <laughs> Fear. And here's what I want to do. Throughout this series, we're going to learn how to overcome some of the biggest fears we all face. Over the next seven weeks, listen, it's going to be a seven-week series because fear is so important. It's the most talked about subject in the Bible. And I want to take some time to really teach you because I know how much it hinders, how much it paralyzes, how much it's stopping some of you from reaching your dreams and your potential. So I want to unpack this. We're going to talk about subjects like how to overcome the fear of failure and the fear of rejection, the fear of death, the fear of the devil, the fear of Hayalah. That's how you got to say it, kind of, you know what I mean? Never mind, I'll, I'll move on. Fear of the future or the fear of the unknown. Man, fear grips our lives, and I want to help you overcome the, the, this issue of fear. Here's what I want to encourage you to do. Would you really work hard at this? The next seven weeks, would you make it to church as much as possible? I realize things come up, but this is such an important subject that is hindering so many people's lives more than they know. And I want to help you overcome fear that you can really reach your dreams and fulfill your potential and live an abundant life. And here's what I want to do today. I want to kind of give you an overview of this subject of fear. Next week, we're going to dive in specifically and start talking about some specific areas of fear, but an overview today. And I want us to look at a group of people who gave in to fear. And here's what I titled the message. And they, it had a negative effect on their life, the negative effects of fear. And you find the story that we're going to look at today in the book of Numbers chapter 13. 
And let me kind of tell you what's happening in this story. In Numbers 13, Moses tells 12 men to go spy out the promised land. We're getting ready to go take the promised land that God has for us, go spy it out, check out the land, check out the people, check out the food and vegetation, and bring back a report. And when the 12 men came back with their report, we, we see in this story the negative effects fear has on our lives. Here's the first effect that we see, and that, that is fear leads to a defeated mindset. It leads to a defeated mindset. Notice this in Numbers 13 and verse 30. It says, then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, we should go up and take possession of the land for we can, come on, all of our locations, everybody shout, everybody shout we can. I want you to catch that. We can certainly do it. But the men who had gone up with him said, we can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. Two of the men came back with a positive report of, we can. Ten of the men came back with a report of, we can't. Because of fear, ten men said, we can't do what God told us to do. That there were two groups of people that day. The we cans and the we can'ts. And friends, today there are still two groups of people. Are you a part of the we cans? Or are you a part of the we can'ts? And the difference between the we cans and the we can'ts is simply perspective. It's all about perspective. It's not what you see, it's how you see it. You see, the 12 men all saw the same land, they all saw the same people, but 10 came back with a different report than the other two. It wasn't that they saw something different, it was simply how they saw it. It was perspective, and what happens to us is we get gripped by fear, and it's not what you're seeing. You can see the same thing that somebody else sees, but it's how you're seeing it. Are you seeing life? Are you seeing your problems? Are you seeing your dilemma? Are you seeing your future through the eyes of faith or through the eyes of fear? It's all about perspective. You see, a mindset of fear says we can't. We can't take the land. We can't do what God's called us to do. A mindset of fear says I can't change. I can't break free from these bad habits. I can't do any better with my life. I can't be a leader. I can't grow the company. I can't make the business deal or the sale. I can't be a good parent. I can't spend time with my children. I can't have a great marriage. I can't do things for God. I mean, that, that's, that, that's the mindset of fear. And throughout this series, I want God to begin to help us shift from a mindset of fear to a mindset of faith, and a mindset of faith is a we can mindset. We can take the land. I can change. I can overcome those bad habits. I can be the leader God's called me to be. I can grow the company. I can make the sale. I can spend time with my children. I can be a great parent. I can be a great spouse. I can move forward and see my dreams come to pass. I can, I can, I can. Come on, everybody, would you say this with me? I can. You don't really believe it. Come on, what you said one more time. I can. Now, don't leave out of service today and you walk out talking about, well, let me tell you what I can't do. No, don't do that. I can, I can, I can, I can. 
It's all about perspective. The first thing negative that fear does to us is it gives us a, it leads us to a defeated mindset. Number two is this. Fear leads to a poor self-image. A poor self-image. Now, I want you to notice that when we cave into fear, it leads us to have a poor self-image. We, we view ourselves in a negative way. Numbers chapter 13, verse 31, back in this story, it says, but the men who had gone up with him said, we can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. They are strong. We are weak. They're somebodies. We're nobodies. Notice it goes on to say in verse 33, we saw the Nephilim there. The descendants of Anak come from the, Neph from the Nephilim. We seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we look the same to them. Fear has so gripped the people's heart that they see themselves as grasshoppers. At least be a bird. At least be a bunny rabbit. At least be a squirrel. Have you seen a grasshopper, folks? They're calling themselves grasshoppers. When you see yourself through the eyes of fear, you, you, you view yourself as a grasshopper. You, you have a poor self-image. But when you begin to see yourself through the eyes of faith, you start saying things like, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. You have to start seeing yourself through the eyes of faith instead of through the eyes of fear. Does fear of people, or maybe it's fear of the future, or, or maybe it's fear of failure. Does it have you struggling with a poor self-image? How do you view yourself? How do you talk to yourself? What do you think about yourself? I can't. I'm just nobody. I'm not that good. How do you view yourself? You have a grasshopper mentality? Come on, you're not a grasshopper. You're a lion. Quit, 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 quit hopping and start roaring. Start roaring. The lion of the tribe of Judah lives inside of you. If you're a Christ follower, you're not a grasshopper. You're a lion. You're more than a conqueror. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Listen, when fear attaches itself to your life, it'll give you a poor self-image. Number three is this negative effect of fear. Fear leads to over-exaggerating situations. It makes situations worse than they really are. I want you to notice in Numbers chapter 13, verse 31, it says, but the men who had gone up with him said, we can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. They did not know if those people were stronger than them. They were there spying out the land, not having a strongman contest. But fear caused them to exaggerate. I want you to hear what they go on to say. It says, and they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said, the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. I mean, they said all the people are of great size. They got some big babies over in their land. Their toddlers are supersized. Their women are giants. Everybody's humongous over there. No, they're not. But when fear attaches itself to your life, it causes you to exaggerate. All the people. When you look at situations through the eyes of fear, you don't see things clearly. You don't see your situations clearly. You don't even see yourself clearly. 
when you're looking through the eyes of fear. I, I want to share this verse with you one more time, but just from a, a, a different perspective. It says in verse 33, we seem like grasshopper in our own eyes. Here's what I want you to catch, this last part. And we looked the same to them. Not only do they call themselves grasshoppers, but they're, they're saying now all the people in the land, in the promised land, they see us and they think we're grasshoppers too. No, they don't. They haven't even seen you. You were spying out the land. You were hiding out. Stop exaggerating. It's fear. Fear causes us to exaggerate situations. Come on, have you ever done that before? Everybody at work is horrible. All my relatives are crazy. They're not all crazy. And if they are, you are too. Come on, somebody. My kids are the worst. I got the worst kids on the planet. Now, some of you might have some bad kids, but they're not the worst. I have a terrible job. It's just terrible. I don't have any talents. I, 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 just, I don't have any gifts. I'm just, I'm just a nobody. I'm not good at anything. My, my life is just horrible. I don't, my life is just the most horrible life. Friend, friends, when fear attaches to your life, you don't see clearly. When fear attaches to your life, you start exaggerating situations, exaggerating about yourself, exaggerating about other people. Have you ever met somebody that's always exaggerating because of fear? Just exaggerating everything. It's bad. It's horrible. Stop nudging your neighbor. Quit that. Don't do that right now. Fear, it attaches itself. We have to start looking through the eyes of faith and not through the eyes of fear. I want you to notice a fourth negative effect, and that is fear contaminates others. I'm telling you, we have to deal with fear. We have to overcome fear because fear will contaminate others. Notice in Numbers 13, verse 32, and they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. Ten fearful negative men caused fear to spread throughout the entire nation of Israel. Fear. They, they, they spread it to their sons and daughters. They, they spread it to their spouses. They spread it to their co-workers. They, they spread it to their relatives and friends. I mean, fear spread all throughout Israel. Friends, fear is contagious. It's an epidemic. It spreads. And friends, God doesn't want us to spread fear. God wants us to spread faith, not fear. What are you spreading right now? We don't want to be people that spread faith to our family and our friends and to our, our church family, to people at our workplace, people at our school. You're like, yeah, come on, get around me. I'll inspire you to think little. Come around me. I'm fearful. I'll inspire you to dream little. I'll, I'll inspire you to be scared. I'll inspire you to be negative, to do little. Hey, come hang around, come hang around with me. I'm going to inspire you to be average. Fear, it contaminates. And God doesn't want us spreading fear. He wants us spreading faith. And when we're people living by faith, you know what we're spreading? People get around us and we're like, come on, you can dream bigger. God can do more through you. Come on, think bigger. Get around me. I inspire you to take steps of faith. Step out. Do it. You can make it happen. Step out and do it. Get around me. You're not going to be average. You're going to be great. You inspire people. Come on, we, God's called us to inspire people. Not that we can't, but we can. 
We can do it. You can do it. What are you spreading today? What are you spreading to your friends? What are you spreading to your family, to your children, to your grandchildren? We can't or we can. Be little or be big. Do little or do big. What are you spreading when fear grips itself to our life? It spreads to others and contaminates them. Let's be people that spread faith, not fear. Number five is this. There's a fifth negative effect that we see regarding fear and why we have to learn to overcome it. And number five is this. Fear robs us of our joy. I want you to see this. It's so powerful. Numbers 14, verse 1, it says, That night all the members of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. Before those ten men showed up, they were great. They were, fi they were fine. They show up with this negative report and all this fear. Now they're weeping. Joy has left because of fear. Now they're weeping aloud. Verse 2 says, all the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron. And the whole assembly said to them, if only we had died in Egypt or in this wilderness. Fear makes you grouchy. Fear makes you grumble. Fear makes you negative. It makes you irritable. Fear will make you a pessimist. Where you, you, you never see the glass half full, you always see it half empty. Negative. So some of you haven't even realized it. You, you know, nobody's ever really taught you that, that, you know what? Some of you, the root cause of your ne negativity, the root cause of being a pessimist, the root cause for a lot of people is fear. Fear will attach itself to you and all of a sudden you're just negative because you're fearful of people or the future or a situation and now you're negative and you're grouchy and you're irritable and you're a pessimist. And friends, nobody wants to be around a negative person. The only people that want to be around negative people are negative people. That's it. You got to be careful. You know, people crack me up when they come to me. Pastor, you know what? I just don't know why everybody I hang around is negative. I don't know why everybody comes telling me all their problems and all their gossip and all that's going. They come, everybody comes to me. You might be a garbage can, it sounds like to me. Because, friends, nobody wants to hang around negative, pessimist, grumbling people. Man, fear will rob you of your joy. It'll turn a smile into a frown. It'll turn a good day into a bad day. Fear, it'll rob you of joy. I, I want you to notice this. It goes on to say in Numbers chapter 14 and verse 8, it says, If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land. A land flowing with milk and honey. Here's the we can people. He, God's going to do it. And he, and, and he will give it to us. Verse 9, only do not rebel against the Lord. Fear oftentimes leads to rebellion. Fear can lead to disobedience. He says, do not rebel against the Lord. Let's talk about the root, he says. And do not be afraid of the people of the land. That's your real issue. Because we will devour them. Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. But the whole assembly talked about stoning them. Fear has the entire nation of Israel ready to stone two faith-filled men. The weak hands are trying to kill the weak hands. That's how powerful fear is. Fear won't just make you have a mentality of we can't. 
when fear grips your life, it'll now have you despising the we can people. I mean, fear, we, we got to deal with fear. And can I tell you, one of the most miserable ways to live is when you are living your life despising and trying to stop other people's dreams from coming to pass. That's miserable. When you're like, I'm, I, your dream's not happening. You're not going to make that happen. I'm going to try to stop you from getting the promotion. I'm going to try to stop you from, at school. I'm going to try to stop you from having friends. I mean, that's a miserable way to live. The weak hands are trying to stop the weak hands. I mean, fear will rob you of joy. It'll have you miserable. It'll have you grumbling. It'll have you negative fear. We've got to overcome it. Number six is this. There's a, a, a fifth negative effect that fear has on our lives, and that is fear stops us from making progress. It stops us from making progress. I want, you to, I want you to see this in Numbers 14, verse 4. Still the context of these 10, these 10 negative spies and the impact they had on the people. And it says this. And they said to each other, we should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. Fear causes people to stay where they are. And oftentimes it'll cause you to go backwards. Fear gives people a backwards mentality instead of a forwards mentality. And let me tell you what happens in the story. Because fear led them to rebel against God. Everybody aged 40 and over never made it to the promised land. They died in the wilderness because of fear. Everybody under the age of 40 I don't want you to miss this. It's, it's, it's so key because here's where we get stuck a lot of times. Everybody under the age of 40, it took them 40 years to make an 11-day journey. It's 40 years. 40 years circling the same mountain because fear. 40 years of no progress. 40 years. Does fear have you circling the same mountain does fear has it gripped your life and you find yourself struggling with the same sins struggling with the same addictions struggling with the same old habits does fear have you struggling with the same relationship problems same friendship problems same boyfriend or girlfriend problems same marriage problems fear Fear, have you struggling with the same financial issues and the same career issues? And you're like, man, I've been dealing with this for years. I'm not making any progress. Fear will keep you circling the same mountain and not making any progress at all. Fear will even stifle you with God. And some of you, when you look at your relationship with God, you're thinking, I'm not moving forward. If anything, I think I'm going backwards. And, and fear is keeping you from moving forward with God. Some of you, you, you have this desire to join the dream team and to, to make a difference and to serve other people and to join, a, join on one of the ministry teams at the church. But, but fear has gripped your heart. And you think, I can't. Well, I'll mess up. I, I won't do it right. And fear attaches itself to us. And keeps us from moving forward with God. Some of you have been thinking about going to first step. Or, or you've been thinking about being a small group leader. And we've been talking about small groups. And they're, they're, they're launching September the 24th. And about the small group leader training. And I know God's tugging on some of your hearts about leading a small group. And, and being a leader. But you know what happens? Fear. It grabs a hold of our hearts. And 
He said, I can't do that. I can't lead. I can't, I can't minister to anybody else. Fear. Man, fear will keep us from, from tithing. Fear will keep us from getting water baptized. And that's some of you today, man. Man, we've seen so many people baptized. And you're thinking, that should be me. I gave my life to Jesus last week or last month or a year ago or 10 or 20 years ago. And I've never done that. And I know I need to go public for Jesus. I know I need to let the world know I know Jesus. But fear is real. It'll keep us from taking those steps to follow Jesus and getting baptized in water. And I want to encourage you, man. I want you to break fear today and take that step. Listen, following this service and every campus, every location, there's a baptism table. I want you to be bold as a lion and go by that table following the service and say, I'm getting baptized today. Listen, we have everything you need. We have shirt and shorts and hair nets and towels, all that you need. And after service, would you get baptized in water? Would you not let fear hold you back another day of following Jesus and being obedient to him? Next week, I'm going to start diving in and giving you some practical biblical principles on overcoming fear so that we don't have to live with these negative results. But I do want to close by giving you one principle as we close. Next week, I can't wait to dive in more. But one principle today I want to give you. In 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7, it says this. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Let me give you a biblical principle. If you are a Christian, if you are a Christ follower, the Holy Spirit of God lives inside of you. And if you're struggling with fear, if fear is defeating you, if fear is paralyzing you, if fear is causing you to go backwards, that fear that's on your life is not from God. God does not give a spirit of fear. God gives us a spirit of power to overcome fear, to break fear. God gives us a spirit of love to walk in faith. God gives us a sound mind, a spirit of discipline and a sound mind, not a spirit of fear, but a mind that's sound to overcome fear. We, we sang it today, break every chain. And today, because of Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord, would you break chains of fear of people's lives that they can move forward and fulfill their dreams, accomplish their purpose and destiny. They can become who you called them to become, that they can live an abundant and fulfilling life. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord, that you've given us a spirit of power today to overcome fear and to move forward in life. And if you're not a Christ follower today, I want you to know that God loves you. He wants you to place your faith in Jesus because he wants to give you his Holy Spirit, not a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind that you can begin to be victorious over sin and over fear because of Jesus.